Welcome to Real Estate Real World, where we talk to the movers, shakers, and leaders that are getting it done right now in the real estate industry and beyond. Your host is Marguerite Crispillo, and she started this podcast simply to talk to cool people about what's really happening in this crazy roller coaster ride of real estate. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and stay up to date on the newest stuff by adding yourself to the list at www.realestaterealworld.com. Dot com. Now your host, Marguerite Crispillo. Hello, everybody. It's Marguerite Crispillo, and welcome. Hello, everybody. It's Marguerite Crispillo, and welcome to Real Estate Real World, where we get to talk to some of the most incredible people around the world, in my personal opinion. And I'm always meeting new and exciting people that I learn fascinating stuff about. So we were even talking a little bit before the show, and I cannot wait to talk to our very next guest here joining me today, Jennifer Deep Stratton, right? I got it right? You got it. She has quite a name, but, you know, so I have a long name too, so I'm always trying to make sure I produce or pronounce names correctly. I can't even say the word pronounce right today, huh? (laughs) So welcome to the show. Let me read a little bit about you. Jennifer has 20 years experience in sales relationship coaching and communication studies, so she understands what it really takes to inspire people to take decisive action. I love it. As a result of her expertise, she sold over $14 million in products in 10 years in corporate sales, working for world-leading multi-million and multi-billion dollar biotech and medical equipment companies. She left her highly lucrative corporate sales job to start her own business teaching high-end sales and sales training to coaches, trainers, healers, and niche service providers. Her one-call blueprint consultation system enabled her to triple her fees in her own heart-centered entrepreneurial endeavor in less than six months. I love that. Heart-centered entrepreneurial endeavor. I love that. The system she's created and teaches her students has enabled her to create a lifestyle business that's allowed her husband to retire from his career in home construction and work full-time with Jennifer. Jennifer holds a biopsychology degree from Vassar College and a master's of science in traditional oriental medicine. Very cool. And you live, we were talking before the show, in one of my favorite places on the planet. You live down there in the San Diego area uh, near where my son lives in Carlsbad. I love that area. Like, how can you ever be miserable down there? You go, well, I'm sure you can, but <clears throat> you go down to the beach and every there's everyone's like healthy for the most part. Lots of runners and people out walking and getting fresh air. It's fabulous. It's hard to be unhappy here, really. It's very beautiful. <laughs> you got to work at it. Oh, isn't that funny? Well, so tell us a little bit about your background. How did you end up doing what you're doing now? I'd love to hear the story. Well, in my business, I teach high ticket selling and when I first got into sales, it was because I was, believe it or not, I was really shy when I was in college. And um, I remember thinking when I got out of school, I needed to, I, I wanted to go into sales because it was literally the scariest thing I could think of oh to my. do. Yeah, I mean, some people jump out of airplanes, some people go bungee jumping. I decided to go into sales because <laughs> talking to strangers was uh, like petrifying to me wow. and especially trying to get them to buy something. 
So I went into sales and I had this, um, I started a pretty high level job. I was working in a biotech company. They moved me out to Chicago where I'd never been, didn't know anyone. And I was selling their most expensive equipment to scientists. And it was, uh, yeah, wow. and hard, but that's what I, that's where I cut my teeth in sales. And what I realized and some of the things I want to share today with you is that when you ask the right questions, people sell themselves into what you have. And because I was a shy person, it was much easier for me to ask questions than it was for me to talk. And so I kind of fell on that by default. And then over the years, I became a top seller in my companies. I worked for some very uh, prominent biotech and medical diagnostic equipment companies. Did that for a number of years, sold many millions of dollars of stuff. And then one day I got this, this calling. I wanted to make a bigger difference. And so even though I loved my, at the time it was scientists and I had a lot of scientists that were searching for the cure for cancer and um, some of them worked in hospitals, amazing people, really important work. And I thought, you know, I wanna help the individual. Like I wanna help people who really make a difference for other people as individuals. Like I could go into corporate coaching, corporate sales coaching, or I could work with individual people like coaches, consultants, real estate agents, insurance providers, people that their personal uh, business, it's a personal business, not a corporate business, it's a personal business. And I thought that's where I want to make my difference with people. So I left my corporate life and I started this coaching company where I teach sales and I consult on sales systems and sales strategies for entrepreneurs. So how crazy is that that you decided to pick the scariest thing for yourself and that's what you went to do? I mean, most people, I would venture to say, do the complete opposite. They completely avoid the thing that is the scariest, right? Isn't that more typical than what you did? Yeah, I don't know what it is. My husband and I both have this thing where we like to do scary things. And we're not adrenaline. Well, he's an adrenaline junkie, but (laughs) he climbed El Capitan, which was, you know, four days up a rock face. I'm not that kind of adrenaline junkie. For me, just talking to strangers is scary enough. Running my own business, having my three sons, like that's all... I get plenty of adrenaline that way, and yeah, and I love it. I love it, and I get the biggest kick when my clients can sell something that they couldn't sell before. You know, like they raise their fee, or they get a client that before they would have been afraid to approach, or they get a big contract that's bigger than the one that they'd ever had before because they've really mastered some skills in selling. Like for me, that's my adrenaline rush. (laughs) Wow. Well, you know, it's funny. I have three sons as well. Uh, uh, So, well, my husband had three children with his first wife and we had three together and five of those six children are boys. So yeah, one, one is a girl. So we say she was the perfect one. We got her right. And then, you know, we had boys. (laughs) (laughs) all the rest are really dirty right oh boys i love them i mean especially you know now that my boys are now grown my youngest are 20 and 22 and they're so much fun to hang out with now you know but the stuff that boys do is just crazy like i i'm always amazed at the crazy things that they do like that's the only word i can come up with right now is crazy just some of the stuff they do yeah yeah they're boys and not girls, so yeah. I know. And they're these crazy things, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I know that, too, you mentioned that you, you've you kind of transitioned into this high-ticket sales. That's, that's not necessarily what you were doing in the beginning, right? Right. I mean, when I first left my corporate life, it was to start a relationship coaching company with my husband. Oh, and right. that was 
talk about crazy. <laughs> I, had a, I had a job where I was very well paid. I saw my manager two or three times a year. Um, and I left and I went to this world where I had no idea where to find clients. I had no team finding leads for me. I had no marketing department. It was, you know, figure out what your logo is supposed to look like and go find some clients and feed your family. And when I did it at the time, we are my, we had two sons at the time. My, my youngest hadn't been born yet. And my husband was a stay at home dad. Oh wow! Um, he had retired like along the way he'd retired from his construction work. He did home remodeling construction. So we had done some real estate deals and I love real estate. That's one of the reasons yeah. I'm on your show um, <laughs> as a buyer and seller investor, that kind of thing. And it, it was really, really challenging in, when we first started, but we started this relationship coaching because it was such a passion for ours, for, for us. And along the way we got so, uh, you know, I just pulled in my you know, 15 years of knowledge selling high ticket, high, high end services. Right. And we were selling like private coaching to couples for thousands and thousands of dollars, even wow. though they could go to a therapist for 60 bucks or 80 right. bucks. Right. And so my entrepreneur friend started asking me, what are you doing? Yeah. How do you, how do you sell your stuff so well? And I kept saying, oh, I don't teach sales anymore. You know, and finally <laughs> after about a year, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe this is what people want. Maybe that's my gift. Maybe that's, that's what people really need. And so I started our company teaching high ticket selling about two and a half years ago. So what do you think is the, the main reason that people don't, charge more for their services. I mean, I, I know what probably my issues are, but I'm curious what you see across the spectrum of people that you work with. Yeah, so my my clients are very particular. It's a particular problem. <laughs> we basically have two problems. If I was to ask you to double your fee, so whatever your fee is right now, just double it in your mind, and then go out and make an offer to someone for that fee, What's what, what's what pops up for you? I feel nauseous. Yeah, <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> and what thoughts do you have when that comes into your mind? I guess probably a couple things. Uh, first of all, are, is it who's going to pay that, right? Like who has the money to pay that? And can I provide enough value to where they would be willing to pay that? Exactly. And that's exactly what happens. It's who's going to pay that? Where am I going to find those people? And is what I have really worth that much? Right? It, yeah. it becomes a question of can I provide the value? And then I get a lot of other ones like, you know, if I raise my fee, I'm, people will say to me, I don't want to raise my fee because I don't want to be that responsible for people's, right? Like it's almost like you become beholden. You have to go to their house and do their laundry or something if you charge them more. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I thought of it quite that way, but I probably did actually where I feel like I'm responsible for their... I think I'm, I feel that I would be responsible for their results. Exactly, exactly. And the truth is, if you look at it, you're no more responsible for their result than you were at the lower number, but there's some sort of internal barometer of what that number is, that it's okay to be under versus over. And so a big part of being able to sell high-end services or raise your fee is to bring up that barometer of what is the right price, what is okay, what is providing the value. And, and it's amazing because when, when you elevate that, when your own barometer of the right price goes up, the right people show up. It's amazing. It's, I mean, you think about the last time you raised your fee before. Right. 
it was at one point it was uncomfortable and then it became normal so right. it's the same thing it's well same thing. what's so interesting to to me is um so i sell real estate i'm a full-time real estate agent professional agent i run a brokerage and then i run a training and coaching company and on the real estate side when i'm selling real estate i have no problem charging what i'm worth i know the value is there like i know that i'm and this sounds egotistical, of course, and maybe that's part of the problem too. I know that I'm really good at selling real estate. I'm really, really good at that. Like, there's no doubt in my mind I've closed 3,500 deals. I, I'm good at that. So I'm willing to charge pretty much anything on that end of it. But then when I get to this other side, <laughs> right, which I still have all that street credit, so it doesn't really make any bit of sense. Then illogical. It's completely illogical. And, and I'm saying this because I think that a lot of real estate agents who maybe don't have the same amount of street cred also go through that, that, that illogical sense of what they're worth and what they're not worth as well. I mean, I don't necessarily know that you have to have, you know, a hundred years of experience and do a bazillion deals or even for you, like relationship coaching. Can you coach somebody who's been married longer than you? Well, absolutely, right? Like, because just because they've got more experience in that arena doesn't mean they have more, well, knowledge isn't the right word. I'm not sure what the right word I'm looking for, but. Expertise. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, and so this, that's the question. So there's a couple of things that go into being able to charge more, and but we're right on one of those, which is definitely this idea of my own sense of the value I'm providing. And it doesn't seem to be logical at all. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because for a lot of people, when it's a personal business, like if you're a real estate agent and a big part of what you're doing is you're selling you above and beyond, you know, 50 other real estate agents, that the our personal value comes into the equation, our own sense of our personal value, whereas it might be much easier to sell something that's not related to you like recommend a good restaurant or sell a car right. right so those things are not as personal and for a lot of people who can sell gangbusters in other industries when they come into real estate because it's a personal business or they come into a coaching and consulting business because it's their intellectual property that that sense of the value that you can provide it becomes much more uh, difficult to discern and less and less logical so another thing that pops into my head as you're saying that is that um, like you feel sometimes like you need to help people and if they can't afford it, you need to help them anyway. And that becomes a challenge. Like, you know, it's like, oh, well, I don't have that much money to hire you right now. And so then you feel like, well, okay, you know, well, maybe I can do it for less. Or you start negotiating. And I think that that creates another set of challenges. Absolutely. I mean, that's, it's, it's the flip side of the same coin in essence, like not valuing your service at the level that you need to or should or want to. Um, and, and also feeling like you need to help the little guy, you know, that keeps our prices low a lot of times. And also um, not, not knowing what to do with those people that you want to help so much. You know, a lot of us, we want to help people, so we want to give it away. But pretty soon, you know, if you give it all away, you have no business. It's just right. a hobby, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So all of those things are going on in our minds when we're making our offers. And if you don't get all that sorted out, usually you can't close a sale. 
Okay, so I think too, before we talked, you mentioned um, in, in figuring out that sale, like I guess what does that look like in a way? And, and how, how can a conversation like that go? I don't know if I'm making any sense right now. Um, so you want to sell your product or you're in real estate, so you want to be able to charge a certain fee, right? And determining what that fee is, like how do you even really determine what that fee is and, and what value should be associated with it? Like, I think I gotta have pages and pages and pages of value to show somebody that it's worth it. And I don't know if that's, just, that's obviously my own stuff, not logical either. So how do you determine what your pricing should be and what you need to bring to the table? Yeah, so, so it's interesting because a lot of times we look for external things to help us assign a value but the price range is the lowest person in your market is the bottom and as much as you can imagine is the top. <laughs> and that's kind of it. So somewhere between rock bottom, the cheapest that anyone in your industry does and outrageous and, and outrageous is the top. And so where do you pick it? So what I like to do, I, so I like to play a game with myself and with my clients. Okay. Um, and I don't mean game like frivolous, but um, kind of like to challenge ourselves, which is you start with the highest number that you're comfortable with okay. and you sell it three times and then you raise your price. Simply, well, one, because it makes you more money, right. but two, it also expands your own sense of value and it makes you deal with and get through all that mental garbage about that it's not worth it. And, and you become a more confident person and a more attractive person because you are bigger. Right. Because you faced the fear, <laughs> walked through it, and grew yourself. It's pretty It's pretty sexy, actually. Wow. Well, the sexiest thing on the planet is confidence. I say that all the time. That's, yeah. that's yeah. my favorite yeah. thing. That's what's sexy <laughs> is confidence. Walk into and That's why I fell in love with my husband. He was, you know, extremely confident, or you could say cocky, extremely confident, you know, walking in the door and thought he was all that in a bag of chips and uh, it worked. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's the female version of that, right? right? It's like you can come in and be like, that's what the price is. Right. And, and leave it at it that, is. right? And, and, so the, and people are like, okay, and they pay, right? And, and not every buyer is going to come and pay. You know, some people are not a match for you, but the ones that have been looking for the real deal, the person that can really deliver and that they're willing to pay more, you become their person. Do you think that there's a difference in ability for women versus men? Or Because like what came up when you were saying that, when you said you just say this is the price, I started thinking, I bet that I'm talking them out of the sale. Like, cause I can't shut up sometimes, right? So I keep talking and I'm talking them out of the sale or talking myself out of the sale. I don't think there's a difference in ability or capability. It's, it's just training. It's just training. Okay. So, I mean, so obviously. You can make more than all the guys. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that. Well, the thing that I like to, you know, the interesting thing about the real estate industry, here's my personal opinion. First of all, 65% of the real estate agents across the country are women. So a higher percentage of real estate in, agents in the industry are women. Yet the fascinating thing is that about 98% of the trainers, teachers, and coaches are men. We need some ladies up there, ladies. We do. We definitely do. We need some. 
And so I wonder why that is. I guess that's kind of my question. Why? I, I don't know the answer to that, but I wonder why there are more men coaches and trainers than women. Do you think that's just an industry thing or do you think overall? Uh, no, I think most in a lot of industries, there's more men in those roles. For I don't know why I haven't studied that. What I do know is that I, I mostly have women clients. I have a few men, but a lot of women because uh, it's it's hard to find a good model or example of a woman being powerful around money and selling in any industry. It's just I remember when I worked at this at my last corporate job, I was always in the top one to five people out of 50 in sales. But you know how many women there were on the entire sales team? Like five. Wow. 90% of the people were men, and then there was me and Jessica, and we were always like one and two in the company. So wow. <laughs> I don't know why it is, but it also seems to be in the higher ticket um, sales that you see more men predominantly. Don't know why. Uh, all I know is when you study with me, your sense of your own value grows, and then you can step out and and, and lead, I think, in a bigger way. So what do you find to be, um, we talked a little bit about at the beginning, the things that hold people back, right? It's the biggest thing is their own fear, their own opinion of what they're worth. So how do you help somebody get through that process? I mean, is, there a, is it a lengthy process? Is it a just quit your complaining and go do it? Is it, you know, like sometimes all that stuff. Like we're gonna end the we're gonna end the interview now. You're gonna go make that offer and you're done. <laughs> no, it doesn't work, right? No. Yeah. So so I have a process that I use. It's something that I've actually cultivated over years and years of selling, and it's now what I have in my process that I teach people. Uh, there's a, a couple different things that have to happen. One, your own sense of value have to, has to go up. And I could sit here all day long and tell you how valuable you are, right. but you're probably not going to believe me, right? right? So At the end of the day, thing. you're going to try to, you know, you might chicken out when it comes to make that higher, higher level offer. Uh, so, but two things do have to happen. One, your own mindset or sense of value has to go up, and you have to be able to communicate in real terms to the other person why they should pay you. Both of those things have to happen because, you know, if you think you're great but you can't communicate why, again, no sale, right? So two things, the mindset and the communication. So let's talk about the communication part for a little bit um, because, you know, obviously this is a counseling session for Marguerite today, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's not, that was never the intent, right? We're just talking about it. but. Like, I don't think that I ever struggle with confidence. Like, that's not, I don't have an issue with that. Like, I know I'm good at what I do. Uh, but I do believe that where many struggle is that how do you communicate that to other people so that they see that value without, I think for me, is like, how do you do that without feeling like you're just like bragging and tooting your own horn? You know, like my grandma used to call me, it's probably where it came from. My grandma used to call me fancy pants because I thought I was fancy pants all the time, right? So when I would say things like that, she's like, oh, who do you think you are? Fancy pants, you know? So so I'm sure that's where some of that crap comes from. But, you know, it all goes back to childhood. It's all your parents' fault. But <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody likes to listen to someone brag on right. themselves. And right. 
the right? right. So you can't really do it that way. So um, I'm going to give you just a, like a sneak peek into the pro a process that I use with people, and this Perfect. is one of the things that we go through. Um, and so you've probably when when people think, okay, I want to be able to communicate what I do we go through marketing courses, right? Or we think, okay, well, what's my unique selling proposition or what's special about me? And it, and usually we come up with a sentence that we like sort of well, or we have our 30 second elevator pitch, but then when you dig a little deeper, there's not much to, not much else to say, right? right? Other than, well, there's this testimonial in that case study, and this is what I did for that person. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you a way to uncover more depth that's actually already there your value is really, really deep, but most people don't need to know how to tap into the well. Right. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to use this. Um, the best way to describe this is through an, an example, a okay. story. Okay. Right. Okay. So imagine I've got a living room full of toys, <laughs> which I do. Right. With boys. <laughs> so my kids are, yeah, two, five, and 14. Right? Oh my goodness. So imagine I take the toys and I'm going to put them on my driveway for a garage sale. Okay. Okay. And I've got to put a price tag on the toys. And I look and I'm like, well, $200, all right? That's your current price, right? Okay. That's your relationship to your current price. You kind of eyeball it. You're like, oh, these are great toys, 200 bucks or whatever the percentage or the dollar amount is for you. Right. All right. Now, now I'm going to go through what I call my quantum benefits process. And I look at the pile of toys and I, all I see is a bunch of toys. But when I look closer, I see Legos and I start pulling out Legos and I put them in a pile. Legos right? are worth a bazillion dollars. <laughs> exactly. Right? And then I look back in my pile and I see, oh, dinosaurs, rocks and trees. So I pull, I have all boys, right? Yeah, so I, I get it. I pull out the boy, uh, the dinosaurs and the rocks and the trees, put them in a pile. Then I look back at my original pile, Hot Wheels cars and Hot Wheels tracks. So I pull those out and I keep going until I've got five piles of toys. Okay. Now I look back at the Legos and I now I'm gonna put a price tag on these things because I'm selling it at a garage sale. How much are the Legos worth, really? Right. Well, I think about what I paid for them. All of the wonderful times that I had building with my kids, all of the, you know, the Millennium Falcon that's mixed in there somewhere. Yeah. And I realize, you know, even at a garage sale, this pile just by itself is probably worth $200. Right. Then I look at the hot, at the dinosaurs, $200. Hot Wheels cars, $200. So suddenly I've got five <coughs> piles. Suddenly I've got five piles each worth $200. I've got $1,000 worth of value on my driveway, wow. whereas a few minutes ago I only had 200 Yeah. Now what did I not do? Okay, I did not build anything. You didn't I change didn't anything, really. Right, I didn't go on extra ride-alongs with my clients. <laughs> I didn't even find the instruction manuals. I didn't do anything except for I saw the unique and specific value of what was in my pile. Now I see $1,000. So what I'm saying to you is you, you're not going to divide your service up into individual piles and piecemeal it out and say, well, if you want this service for me, it's this much money. Can you hang on one sec? Service, you're, you're not going to do that. Can you hold on a sec? I got a cough yeah. really bad. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, something just went in my throat. <coughs> Sorry about that. No problem. Right down where I can edit it out, 45. 
Oh my goodness. <sighs> Hold on a sec. You okay? <coughs> I haven't coughed in days. You're getting excited about your new higher pricing. I know, I was. I was like, wait a minute, what is she saying? Hold on a sec. You're, you're following the Lego story. <laughs> and then right. I'll bring this back around. Okay, okay go ahead. You good? Mm -hmm. Good? Okay. So what I'm not talking about is that you're going to piecemeal out your service. Like you're not going to take your current service and break it into little pieces. That is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is recognizing the unique benefits of what you have and what you offer. You have more than one. You really have four or five major benefits. Every person I've worked with has four or five major benefits. Right. And when you can pull them out as, as threads in a sweater and see them for the unique and specific nature that they have, like my Lego pile, suddenly your own sense of value grows. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, when you sit down and look at it, I, I mean, same thing. Like you can go to a garage sale where it's just like take it all for, you know, 500 bucks or something. And that's why, what does that show? The uh, Storage Wars, you know, <laughs> like that Storage Wars show is so popular because they're just buying whatever's in there. And then sometimes they get in there and there's all these chunks of gold, right? Little pieces that they can sell. And I would agree with you is that we all have that within us, but we can't see it because we're looking just, we're overwhelmed by the enormity of it, do you think, in a lot of ways? Oh yeah, and a lot of times our value is so much like right at the end of our nose. It's who we naturally are that we, and we don't recognize the value. It's like my story where I said, people were coming up to me and saying, Jennifer, can you teach me how to sell? And how do you sell high ticket services? And I thought, doesn't everybody know that? Why should I teach that? I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? No, see, so there is stuff that you're doing. So you've got this amazing, you know, you've, you've sold 3,500 um, deals. Now there is a very, there are, I would bet you, I am absolutely sure that if we dug into this, we would find four or five very specific and unique things that you do or traits that you have or benefits that you deliver in a way that only you do. This is also the thing that will differentiate you from everyone else's sales real estate or every other broker because nobody does it the way you do, really, really, because your, your unique selling proposition, if you will, is not one thing. It's this constellation of five things, four or five quantum benefits that makes you unique. It's like a fingerprint. Wow. And that's the key because when you see your fingerprint, it's, oh my gosh, I had, I had a, uh, a gal that she went from selling, she was at selling business consulting and she was selling $3,000 for three months of business consulting with her. She had a really nice business, uh, not a lot of overhead. And when we did this process, all of a sudden she thought, oh my gosh, I didn't see the value I was bringing to my clients who are doing two and $3 million in their businesses she raised her fee to 50 grand wow. and started selling it because she could see the, those threads in a new way that before they were so close, you know, it's, it was right under her nose. She couldn't see it. So I remember years ago going to, uh, have you heard of strategic coach? Dan, yeah. um, Dan Sullivan was strategic coach. I remember Absolutely. I went to an exercise with him and they had us send out uh, a letter, an email <clears throat> to 10 people that we know. It could be family, friends, whatever. And the email, the, the question was simply, um, what do you think my greatest strengths are? Mm. And, you know, 
you feel so uncomfortable sending that out and you worry what are people going to say and then you start to take it personal and they don't send it back you're like well maybe they don't think i have any strengths you know <laughs> and at the end of the day <clears throat> i got them back and i was so um humbled humbled first of all you know and couldn't believe what people saw in me like at that time i didn't even see it in myself and it was really fascinating it was fascinating in the way that people responded and exactly what they said and then we had to take out of all those letters kind of what our top you know the top 10 was but it was such a fascinating exercise because like you said i think you can't see it for you can't see it yourself you can't see within yourself right right and and even when you can see it the the words to articulate it can be really difficult yeah. um really when I do this process one-on-one -on -one with people I do it in a couple different formats when I do it privately with people I, I could ask people this I could ask one of my clients for an hour about their business and what they like and their childhood and their stories and 59 minutes I tell you 59 minutes of that stuff that they tell me is gonna be a snoozer right. you know, I'm, I'm like, okay try not to snore out loud and then one minute will be a phrase or a couple of words that oh that's it what did you say yeah. and that piece if you just said that and left the other 59 minutes out will hook people's attention and want them to and want to know more the thing is you need more than just one phrase you need a whole collection of them so it's a process of gathering up those important phrases and then saying them so I'll give you an example in my business since now you, you're getting to know me a little bit um, one of my quantum benefits is I help people know what to say and when to say it so their ideal clients say yes. Oh. Okay. So notice how we've been talking a lot about being able to communicate your value. Well, guess why? Because my quantum benefit is, one of mine is I know how to help people know what to say and when to say it. So their ideal client says yes. And you said that's that at the beginning thing. when you ask the right questions. That's another one of my quantum benefits is if you want to catch people's attention, you need to ask the right questions. So guess what my, my gifts are? asking really, really great questions. So one of the things I work with my clients on is writing their sales script because you've got to ask the questions at the beginning of the conversation. Well, what have you tried before and who have you sold a house with before and what were the good things about it and what were the things that you wish had gone better and when do you want to move? And you've got to ask all of those questions. And if you ask really well-constructed questions, people naturally gravitate you to you and end up selling themselves. That's so it's so funny that you say that because when I was trying to think through what I do differently or better than other agents when it comes to selling real estate, not necessarily on the other side, is I'm really good at asking questions. And I just thought that every, I guess I think everybody has that skill or has that talent. No. Well, and probably in the way you do it, it's a very, um, there's an essence about it or an energy about it that you ask in a very, uh, I don't know what it is, but in a way that allows a person to feel comfortable. Okay. Okay. So when you uncover that, I'm not sure what it is because we haven't done it, but I'm guessing that it's, I mean, you're very easy to talk to. So maybe you're asking questions that make people feel like they're heard right. and make them feel comfortable. And that's a particular skill set that you have to turn that skill set into a quantum benefit. Um, we want to define it a little bit more, and then we want to name it. Mm. 
mm. want to name it. So a quantum benefit, just to wrap, to tie a bow on this whole thing, okay. a quantum benefit is it's unique, it's highly specific, like very specific words, okay. and attractive, highly attractive to your ideal client. I'm writing this down. Yeah, so specific, unique, and highly attractive. And if you can, you want to name that thing. So guess what I did? I named my quantum benefits. <laughs> quantum benefits. I love it. Right? Right? I have a, a four-must-ask-questions process where I teach people how to ask questions. So when you see what it is, it's like you name the Legos. It's not just a pile of blocks that you stick together that have right. these little bumps. Right. So they're called Legos. Right. TM. <laughs> it now turns into a really marketable and valuable uh, you've taken a concept and, and turned it into a concrete idea that people can buy. They can wrap their minds around it and then they can buy it. So tell us about your, you have the one call blueprint and then you also are offering a, a free ebook for our listeners as well. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh yeah. So I think you're going to love this. So one call blueprint is my consultation system where I work with people to learn how do you design the questions how do I pull out my own quantum benefits? How do I raise my own sense of value? That's where we do that, is in my One Call Blueprint process. Um, the book is called The High Ticket Selling Revolution. Mm. I have to sneeze, hold on. Oh. <laughs> We're both got like little allergies or something going on today. <laughs> yeah. um, it's called The High Ticket Selling Revolution because one of the things that I've noticed recently, you know, I've been selling for a long time and what I've noticed especially now with so much sales being done on the internet, is that people, uh, the old model of selling is dead. Right. That's what I talk about in the book. And that people are really too savvy to be taken in by some of the old ways that people were taught to sell. Right. Like the slick and, and that kind of stuff. People are too savvy. They, they need to feel that you're real. Right. So you've got to be able to sell, be real, authentic, and have the skills to close. So I go into that in the book. It's nine secrets to increase your fees and magnetically attract ideal clients. Wow. And we're going to give uh, a copy of that away to our listeners, right? They can download the free ebook. It's an ebook, I'm assuming, right? Yes, you can download it for your listeners. It's a free copy, so they can grab the ebook and. Awesome. And we'll have that available on the show notes uh, and on our website, too, where you guys can learn more about her. So as we wrap up a little bit today, tell us uh, what you think is the first action step somebody needs to take with this. Like what, what's some takeaways that people could get from the show today that can really change the way they think about this? And then, of course, they have the opportunity to reach out to you. Yeah, one of, the one of my favorite things to do is make a list of all the benefits that people get from working with you. Not the features. Not the, you know, I give them the 10-page brochure, but what's the benefit of that thing? What's the result or the outcome or the, the, the what's in it for them when I do that thing? And make a comprehensive list. Just write and write and write and write all of the benefits that you can because when they're written down, you'll start to see more value. Well, I think that that is huge. And I, I like the different, you differentiated between benefits versus like the items, right? You said as opposed yeah, to the features, the features right? Mm -hmm. And I just think that that's a great way to really look at it because 
I do think that sometimes you get caught up in what are all the features. Like I know even on the real estate side, people get in caught up in their 47 bullet point marketing system or something goofy like that, right? And I want to say to them all the time, look, it doesn't matter what your marketing is. Like you have to have the skill behind it to implement that and to be able to help people get through that process, right? So that's where your benefits start to lie is in really paying attention to what those benefits are. Exactly. And you're spot on. That's absolutely true because you can have, I mean, I could have fancy words and all this great marketing stuff, but if I can't deliver and have a, my own sense of that value and really know what the skill is that I'm talking about, then it's just words on a piece of paper. Well, I think that that was worth just the time that we got to talk today. I mean, it's been, this has been a really fascinating conversation and I have a feeling we could probably spend an entire like two days talking <laughs> yeah, we over, could. And over and over about this. And I'm going to have to come by and visit you down in the San Diego area because uh, I'll be down there over the next few months. I'd love to connect with you. So we'll That'd thank you so much for being on our show today. And we are going to post a link uh, to her book that she's, what's the name of your book again? It's the High Ticket Selling Revolution. High Ticket Selling Revolution. And she is generously giving you guys a free copy of this ebook today. And we will have it in our show notes and available so you can get to her website and all her information about her website. So thank you so much for being on the show today. This was genuinely a great conversation. And uh, people definitely need to reach out to you and see what they can do to see their inner value. I know I am guilty. Um, all of those things that you said. So we may have to talk more about that. Yeah, thanks for having me, Marguerite. All right, thank you so much for joining us on Real Estate Real World. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes or Podbean and be sure to write us a great recommendation so people get the word out there about Real Estate Real World. Thanks again for joining us today and go out and make it a fantastic day. All right, awesome. Thank you. Wow. You're welcome. That was so fun. I, I'm Yay. actually going to download your book and read it. And okay, then we do. Will, we will talk more because I have really been, um, well, I've spent several years trying to get into doing more coaching and training. And I'm selling, you know, friggin' $200 products. And, um, I oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I, no. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what my issues are. But uh, you are like the third person that I've talked to about this. So clearly the universe is trying to tell me something. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't, I have a couple things coming up. I don't know if they might be a fit for you. Um, do you want to schedule a different time to talk? And yeah, I would see? love to. Okay, okay, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah, because, oh my gosh, what you do, you could. And I don't, you know, and I think, you know, part of it, you know, it's been, so for me, it's been a bit of a double-edged sword, you know. It is one of those things where it's like, I know I need to do this, but then, you know, I, I'm the primary breadwinner in our household and so I have to get out there and sell real estate and I I have struggled to jump into this arena you know financially how do I get over here and you know still sell houses and how do I you know anyway I could go on a little bit but we can talk about that in our okay yeah, separate yeah conversation. Let's, make a, let's make a date and we'll 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 strategize on that do you want to look at your calendar now yeah yeah um this week okay. is kind of crappy for me i'm pretty booked up um next week okay next week uh that's the following week i'm pretty open you, you mean the week after next week the week of the 20th uh i'm pretty open that week okay um, me too um tuesday anytime tuesday that whole tuesday day i'm pretty open 
Monday afternoon, Tuesday. Oh, Monday afternoon, I'm tied up. Never mind. Tuesday, okay, I'm, or Tuesday's good. Yeah, Tuesday, Tuth I'm wide open. Okay, it's two. How about two thirty? Uh, the twenty-first at two thirty. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Three. Okay, awesome. So, do you want to meet on on the phone, or do you want to do Skype again? Yeah, we can do Skype again. Okay, it's fine. Do you want me to type okay. in here? We'll Skype. What we say? Two thirty. Two thirty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Perfect. Perfect. I'm gonna send you a couple of questions to just okay. ponder before we talk. Okay. I'll email you. All right. And then I'll talk to you at two thirty on the twenty-first. And thanks for the awesome. interview. That was so much fun. It great was. questions. You're a great interviewer. Thank you. I really enjoy it. It's a lot of it's fun. Great. It's really great. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I'll look forward to talking to you next week or on the twenty-first. Okay. Thank good. you. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. to real estate real world where we get to talk to some of the most incredible people around the world in my personal opinion and i'm always meeting new and exciting people that i learn fascinating stuff about so we were even talking a little bit before the show and i cannot wait to talk to our very next guest here joining me today jennifer deep stratton right i got it right you got it. She has quite a name, but, you know, so I have a long name, too. So I'm always trying to make sure I produce or pronounce names correctly. I can't even say the word pronounce right today, huh? <laughs> so welcome to the show. Let me read a little bit about you. Jennifer has 20 years experience in sales, relationship coaching, and communication studies. So she understands what it really takes to inspire people to take decisive action. I love it. As a result of her expertise, she sold over $14 million in products in 10 years in corporate sales, working for world-leading multi-million and multi-billion dollar biotech and medical equipment companies. She left her highly lucrative corporate sales job to start her own business teaching high-end sales and sales training to coaches, trainers, healers, and niche service providers. Her one-call blueprint consultation system enabled her to triple her fees in her own heart-centered entrepreneurial endeavor in less than six months. I love that. Heart-centered entrepreneurial endeavor. I love that. The system she's created and teaches her students has enabled her to create a lifestyle business that's allowed her husband to retire from his career in home construction and work full-time with Jennifer. Jennifer holds a biopsychology degree from Vassar College and a Master's of Science in Traditional Oriental Medicine. Very cool. And you live, we were talking before the show, in one of my favorite places on the planet. You live down there in the San Diego area uh, near where my son lives in Carlsbad. I love that area. Like, how can you ever be miserable down there? You go, well, I'm sure you can, but <clears throat> you go down to the beach and every there's everyone's, like, healthy for the most part. Lots of runners and people out walking and getting fresh air. It's fabulous. It's hard to be unhappy here, really. It's very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you got to work at it, huh? Isn't that funny? Well, so tell us a little bit about your background. How did you end up doing what you're doing now? I'd love to hear the story. Well, in my business, I teach high ticket selling. And when I first got into sales, it was because I was, believe it or not, I was really shy when I was in college. And um, I remember thinking when I got out of school, I needed to I wanted to go into sales because it was literally the scariest thing I could think of oh to my. do. Yeah, I mean, some people jump out of airplanes, some people go bungee jumping. I decided to go into sales because <laughs> talking to strangers was uh, like petrifying to me. Wow. And especially trying to get them to buy something. So I went into sales and I had this um, 
I started at a pretty high-level job. I was working in a biotech company. They moved me out to Chicago where I'd never been, didn't know anyone, and I was selling their most expensive equipment to scientists. And it was, uh, <laughs> it wow. was scary and hard. But that's, what I, that's where I cut my teeth in sales. And what I realized, and some of the things I want to share today with you, is that when you ask the right questions, people sell themselves into what you have and because I was a shy person it was much easier for me to ask questions than it was for me to talk and so I kind of fell on that by default and then over the years I became a top seller in my companies I worked for some very uh, prominent biotech and medical diagnostic equipment companies did that for a number of years sold many millions of dollars of stuff and then one day I got this this calling I wanted to make a bigger difference and so even though I loved my, at the time it was scientists, and I had a lot of scientists that were searching for the cure for cancer, and um, some yeah. of them worked in hospitals, amazing people, really important work. And I thought, you know, I want to help the individual. Like, I want to help people who really make a difference for other people as individuals. Like, I could go into corporate coaching, corporate sales coaching, or I could work with individual people like coaches, consultants, real estate agents. Um, insurance providers, people that their personal uh, business, it's a personal business, not a corporate right. business, it's exactly. a personal business. And I thought that's where I want to make my difference with people. So I left my corporate life and I started this coaching company where I teach sales and I consult on sales systems and sales strategies for entrepreneurs. So how crazy is that that you decided to pick the scariest thing for yourself and that's what you went to do? I mean, most people, I would venture to say, do the complete opposite. They completely avoid the thing that is the scariest, right? Isn't that more typical than what you did? Yeah, I don't know what it is. My husband and I both have this thing where we like to do scary things. And we're not adrenaline. Well, he's an adrenaline junkie, but <laughs> you know, he climbed El Capitan, which was you know four days up a rock face. I'm not that kind of adrenaline junkie. For right. me, just talking to strangers is scary enough. Running my own business, having my three sons, like that's all... I get plenty of adrenaline that way, and yeah, and I love it. I love it, and I get the biggest kick when my clients can sell something that they couldn't sell before. You know, like they raise their fee, or they get a client that before they would have been afraid to approach, or they get a big contract that's bigger than the one that they'd ever had before because they've really mastered some skills in selling. Like, for me, that's my adrenaline rush. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, it's funny. I have three sons as well. Uh, uh, so, well, my husband had three children with his first wife, and we had three together, and five of those six children are boys. So, yeah, one one is a girl. So we say she was the perfect one. We got her right, and then, you know, we had boys. <laughs> <laughs> All the rest are really dirty, right? Oh, boys, I love them. I mean, especially, you know, now that my boys are now grown. My youngest are 20 and 22. And it, it, they're so much fun to hang out with now, you know. But the stuff that boys do is just crazy. Like, I, I, I'm always amazed at the crazy things that they do. Like, that's the only word I can come up with right now is crazy. Just some of the stuff boys. they do. Yeah. Yeah. They're boys and not girls, so yeah. I know. It's crazy things, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I know that, too, you mentioned that you, you've you kind of transitioned into this high-ticket sales. That's, that's not necessarily what you were doing in the beginning, right? Right. I mean, when I first left my corporate life, it was to start a relationship coaching company with my husband. Oh, and wow. that was – talk about crazy. <laughs> I, had a, I had a job where I – 
was very well paid. I saw my manager two or three times a year. Um, and I left and I went to this world where I had no idea where to find clients. I had no team finding leads for me. I had no marketing department. It was, you know, figure out what your logo is supposed to look like and go find some clients and feed your family. And when I did it at the time, we are my, we had two sons at the time. My, my youngest hadn't been born yet. And my husband was a stay-at-home dad. Oh, wow. Um, he had retired, like, along the way, he'd retired from his construction work. He did home remodeling constructions. We had done some real estate deals. And I love real estate. That's one of the reasons yeah. I'm on your show. <laughs> um, as a buyer and seller, investor, that kind of thing. And it, it was really, really challenging in, when we first started. But we started this relationship coaching because it was such a passion for, ours, for, for us. And along the way, we got so... Uh, you know, I just pulled in my you know, 15 years of knowledge selling high ticket, high, high end services. Right. And we were selling like private coaching to couples for thousands and thousands of dollars, even wow. though they could go to a therapist for 60 bucks or 80 right. bucks. Right. And so my entrepreneur friend started asking me, what are you doing? Yeah. How do you, how do you sell your stuff so well? And I kept saying, oh, I don't teach sales anymore. You know, and finally <laughs> after about a year, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe this is what people want maybe that's my gift maybe that's that people really need and so I started our company teaching high ticket selling about two and a half years ago so what do you think is the the main reason that people don't charge more for their services I mean I, I know what probably my issues are but I'm curious what you see across the spectrum of people that you work with yeah, so my my clients are very particular. It's a particular problem. <laughs> we basically have two problems. If I was to ask you to double your fee, so whatever your fee is right now, just double it in your mind, and then go out and make an offer to someone for that fee, what's what what, what pops up for you? I feel nauseous. Yeah, <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> and what thoughts do you have when that comes into your mind? I guess probably a couple things. Uh, first of all, are, is it who's going to pay that, right? Like who has the money to pay that? And can I provide enough value to where they would be willing to pay that? Exactly. And that's exactly what happens. It's who's going to pay that? Where am I going to find those people? And is what I have really worth that much? Right? It, yeah. it becomes a question of can I provide the value? And then I get a lot of other ones like, and if I raise my fee, I'm, people will say to me, I don't want to raise my fee because I don't want to be that responsible for people's, right? Like, it's almost like you become beholden. You have to go to their house and do their laundry or something if you charge them more. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I thought of it quite that way, but I probably did, actually, where I feel like I'm responsible for their, I think I'm, I feel that I would be responsible for their results. Exactly, exactly. And the truth is, if you look at it, you're no more responsible for their result than you were at the lower number, but there's some sort of internal barometer of what that number is that it's okay to be under versus over. And so a big part of being able to sell high-end services or raise your fee is to bring up that barometer of what is the right price, what is okay, what is providing the value. And, and it's amazing because when, when you elevate that, when your own barometer of the right price goes up the right people show up it's amazing it's I mean you think about the last time you raised your fee before right it was at one point it was uncomfortable and then it became normal so right. it's the same thing 
Well, what's so interesting that- to to me is, um, so I sell real estate. I'm a full-time real estate agent, professional agent. I run a brokerage and then I run a training and coaching company. And on the real estate side, when I'm selling real estate, I have no problem charging what I'm worth. I know the value is there. Like I know that I'm, and this sounds egotistical, of course, and maybe that's part of the problem too. I know that I'm really good at selling real estate. I'm really, really good at that. Like there's no doubt in my mind, I've closed 3,500 deals. I'm good at that. So I'm willing to charge pretty much anything on that end of it. But then when I get to this other side, (laughs) right, which I still have all that street credit, so it doesn't really make any bit of sense. Totally illogical. It's completely <laughs> illogical. And, I, and I'm saying this because I think that a lot of real estate agents who maybe don't have the same amount of street cred also go through that, that, that illogical.